Uh, the opening remark would be how incredible our fan base is, and they answered the bell today. They were elite, and we noticed it. Um, it's special, special to be at Georgia, and they impacted the game. Kirby, I think I heard you say this would be a four-quarter game. Uh, obviously, you guys have had some really fast starts the last couple of weeks, and your defense continues to kind of dominate. I mean, what about that formula to, to you know getting these big leads? Yeah, it's a hell of a formula. You think we can keep it up, Mark? We practice it. I have no idea why they jumped offsides. I mean, I'm not a mind reader. Hell, I don't know. I mean. I said we weren't going to do that. We were going to follow the analytics, follow the book, and not get scared because we're in Alabama and, you know, not have confidence in our players and punt. Because, again, you can punt and then go score. They scored every possession but one in the first half. So, um, you know, I know it looks bad when it doesn't work, but, again, you can punt it away, it just takes longer for them to score. Uh, I don't know about you guys, I feel like I aged about 40 years during that game. Uh, I don't know if it was the same in the press box, but man. Welcome in to the latest episode of that SEC podcast. I'm your host, Michael Bratton. I go by SEC Mike on Twitter. And this could be a little bit of different episode. It's going to be a little bit shorter one. I got a guest on the line. We're going to just basically just do the guest. On this episode, to finish the week strong, I got Matt Lindemann of the WinBet Sports app out there, Las Vegas, Win Sportsbook. He's the one that set these over-under lines for the SEC West, SEC East. So, going to talk to him for a little bit. Really great conversation. But why this is a unique one, taking the show on the road, and hopefully, fingers crossed, this is going to come out really, really well Next week, we're going to have at least one show, hopefully more, of uh, a little bit different, a little unique, but I think you guys are really, really, really going to like it. So that's a little teaser for next week, but let's get to our interview with Matt Lindemann of the Win Bet Sports app. All right, we're pleased to be joined for the first time by Matt Lindemann, a proud Kentucky graduate here, and of course, uh, the senior lead trader over at the WinBet Sports app. And you can use the WinBet here in Tennessee. It's this is completely legal to do betting in Louisiana, Virginia, New York, New Jersey, Arizona, Colorado, and hopefully more states to come. So, Matt, I really appreciate you. You just set some SEC win totals, and I got a. Again, I cannot thank you enough for for releasing these early, giving me something to talk about. Yeah, Mike, thanks for having me. Um, you know, we talked about the win totals and, and wanted to do something different this year and, and trying to get them up a little bit earlier. So we said, you know what, let's try throwing them up before spring ball. So, um, yeah, we're, we're doing it much earlier than we've ever tried in the past. Usually we do this in like June or July. So uh, we'll see how it turns out. Now, hey, we'll hit on all these teams for sure, but – I hope I played a small part in this, Matt, because as soon as you put out the West win totals, this is 100% God's honest truth. I signed up for the app. I put a bunch of money on the Arkansas Razorbacks, and I, I heard you when you were referencing, you did the West first, a couple days later you did the East. You referenced uh, how much the win needs that under to come through. So uh, can you give us some feedback on just uh, the, the Razorback fans that have, that have probably signed up for the win bet app and, and bet on the Razorbacks? Yeah, so one of the really tricky things about doing these is usually if you do a good job and you put up a number that's right, nobody bets it, right? They just right. say, okay, well, that's fine. But when you do make a mistake, they all run to the window to come and take <laughs> advantage. So 
Um, it sounds like my partner and I both were a little low on Arkansas going into this season. We actually made the same mistake last year, and I guess we haven't learned our lesson yet. Um, so we need Arkansas to stay under six and a half wins. Um, from what I read, it sounded like a lot of people thought it should be seven, seven and a half instead of six and a half, which which makes sense coming off of, a you know, another really impressive season and a really nice bowl win in the Outback Bowl. But, uh, yeah, we're going to be hoping they kind of regress a little bit here and it catches up to them a little bit being in the SEC West because uh, the way that they've surprised people the last two years, it's just really hard to maintain that uh, once you start to get that target on your back. And that, can you give the audience a little bit of insight and just for me personally as well, how do you go about setting these uh, these win totals? Do you do you kind of look at it as, uh, you know, the games the teams will be favored in and underdogs and stuff like that? Can you give us just a brief rundown on, of how you set these numbers? Yeah, so we have an idea of what each point spread converts to in the money line in terms of what odds they should be to win the game straight up. So our goal is to project a point spread for each of these games. And then we're going to take each of those point spreads and, and say that a team is a three-point favorite. We might give them a 60% chance to win for being a three-point favorite. Or if they're a 10-point favorite, maybe an 80% chance to win. So we'll assign a projected win percentage for each of those games based on the point spread we come up with. And then we'll sum those up and that'll give us our win total. So um, it, it's not too, too far off from going down the board and just saying win, win, loss, win. Um, but it really helps you get a little more precise and to make sure that you're not overvaluing or undervaluing some teams and assuming some games are going to be automatic wins or losses when they might not necessarily be. Mm -hmm. Now, no surprise right out the gate, Alabama, Georgia at the top of the board for each respective division. Um, the win bet app has set the, the over under win totals the same 11 and a half for each. So obviously you're just betting basically will these teams go undefeated or not in the regular season? Um, you know, and I know also you have projected point spreads and everything like that. What is the, uh, I don't want to say the closest games, but I guess the, the smallest favorites you have with Alabama and Georgia with, uh, just looking over their schedule. Is there any games that you foresee being, uh, you know, relatively close? And, and of course we're talking two of the greatest teams in, in college football. So, it's understandable that their over-unders is, is so high. Well, I have Alabama power rated a couple points ahead of Georgia right now. I just went ahead and gave them some credit with Bryce Young coming back. Um, and, you know, for having a, a down year last year, it seemed like, uh, I mean, really impressive how they came on down the stretch and, and made the title game. But, you know, looking through their schedule this year, I've got them close to a two-touchdown favorite or more in every game but one. And the only one that I don't have them a big favorite, I've got them a nine-point favorite at Tennessee when they go there. So I don't want to get volunteer fans too excited. I know it's been a long time <laughs> since they've knocked off Alabama in this series, but that is the one game that for Alabama I think could be tricky and uh, something they got to be careful for. Um, and then for Georgia, they have a really tough stretch in November. They've got to face uh, Florida, then Tennessee, then Mississippi State and Kentucky. Um, their, their road game at Mississippi State is the lowest I have of those as an eight-point spread. And then the next game, they should be around 11-point favorite against Kentucky. So that is a really tough stretch uh, for Georgia. They're going to have plenty of time to get in sync, and they've got six or seven tune-ups leading up to that. But it's going to be tough to get through that stretch without a loss. Well, trust me, Matt, as a Tennessee grad, we're hanging the banner. Hey, we're the closest to <laughs> potentially knocking off Alabama hey, by almost a touchdown. It's baseball season right now, so <laughs> – yeah, no doubt, no doubt. Well, hey, speaking of Tennessee, and and I didn't realize this till we uh, you know connected about a week ago. You're a Kentucky man. 
how much flack you getting from Big Blue Nation here with uh, the over-under Tennessee, eight and a half, Kentucky, eight. Slight, slight advantage for the Vols. Now, you kind of joked around. Tennessee's always, uh, this is always the year, and I'm sure the win makes money on, on all these crazy Tennessee fans betting the over when uh, more often than that they bet under. But, uh, you know, what's the difference there between Tennessee and Kentucky in your mind? Is it just the fact that Tennessee's hosting that game, or, or how close was that? Yeah, it's really close, actually. I only have Tennessee about two points better than Kentucky, but I think their schedule sets up a little bit better. Um, I want to say Kentucky draws. They draw Mississippi State from the West and Ole Miss. Let me see who, who they draw here. Yeah, I mean, Tennessee has a, a pretty favorable non-conference. And then, um, yeah, so I've just got them a little bit ahead of, of Kentucky. And then I think we both – uh, the other guy I did the numbers with had Tennessee a little bit higher. So we went with eight and a half for them, but there's really not much separating these two schools. And, you know, I, I, I want to be ahead of Tennessee, but Kentucky's not really proving they deserve to last few times. They posted uh, the balls at home. They haven't been able to take care of them. So right now, Tennessee gets a little bit of an edge for that second spot in the East. Now I love the number here a little bit lower than what I anticipated, but I think you nailed it here for the Texas A&M Aggies at nine that's it's difficult to predict them to, to get double digit but hell they surely they can't go eight and four again so uh what about the Aggies what kind of action you guys seeing and then do you think um do you think you nailed that one yeah I think that's pretty solid at nine I, I would think if anything we'd see under money before over money just because we still don't really have a solid quarterback situation and I think the defense is probably going to regress a little bit this year so I don't know if anyone's going to run to bet Texas A&M over nine wins, but, you know, looking at it outside of that Alabama game, they really do have an opportunity. I mean, they've got a few tough games against Auburn and, and Mississippi State on the road, but if they can pull those games out, it would not surprise me at all to see them go over that win total and be knocking on the door for a New Year's Six game again. And, and what about Ole Miss? I mean, how, how difficult of a number is that to peg with, um, you know, you're losing your starting quarterback, your star quarterback. They lost all three coordinators, yet – it seems like Lane Kiffin, we kind of he deserves the benefit of the doubt. So Ole Miss right there at eight, that's a that's a tough number, but I can't argue with it. Uh, what are your thoughts on Ole Miss? Yeah, there are certain coaches over time. You just learn that they they kind of are what they are, and and you know that the offense is going to be as you know top ten, top fifteen, and the defense is probably going to be middle of the road. So you know, really, you're just trying to kind of see what kind of talent they're bringing back. If there are any really impactful transfers coming in. And I know that Lane Kiffin's been hitting the portal pretty tough. So um, we're not exactly going to assume that they're going to fall off just because Matt Corral and a few of those other guys are leaving. I know that Lane Kiffin, you know, similar to Lincoln Riley and some of these other guys, has such a good, you know, system in place that it's really not too tough to reload on the offensive side of the ball. So uh, given that Ole Miss's talent level is a little bit higher than it's been with some previous coaches, you know, we still we still decide to give them some respect. But uh yeah, definitely going to be curious to see if uh, they can replace a production of Corral. Mm -hmm. Now, uh, two teams I wanted to ask you about, their their win total is very close. Florida Gators at seven, LSU at six, both with the new head coaches, Brian Kelly, obviously, at LSU, and uh, Billy Napier at Florida. Do you have a, uh, a projected point spread for that game, which is, uh, is in Gainesville this year? Yeah, let me see here. Yeah, these were two teams that we really struggled with because when you have first-year head coaches, you have so much turnover. You don't know, you know, typically when you have a coach on the way out like these two schools had last year, 
there's such a significant drop off at the end of the year in their rating that it's really hard to figure out where to place them. So uh, I think we were a little cautious with both these teams. We tried to not give them too much credit because there could be a season of transition here where they have a lot of turnover. But uh, I've got Florida about five points better than LSU. So that should make them roughly a touchdown favorite, maybe a little more than a touchdown favorite when they host LSU in Gainesville. Yeah, and that game will probably decide for both of them whether they they go over or under. So uh, that that's a real crossroads game. I already asked you about Arkansas, Mississippi State also right there at six and a half. They're they're a weird one, man, because every year it seems like Mike Leach, you know, maybe he'll beat A and M or Alabama or something, and then he'll lose to Memphis. So how tough is it pro- to project uh, what the Pirate Mississippi State's going to do this year? Yeah, they're really interesting this year, I think, because, you know, we, we talked about this on the show, but Mike Leach, there's such a drastic difference between him having his guys that he's brought in and that have committed to him and then the guys that he's inheriting from a prior coach. So I think now that we're in year three, he's probably weeded out all the guys who don't want to be there, who don't like him. I think that the defense is supposed to be pretty good and, and they're returning their quarterback in Rodgers. So I think that, you know, Mike Leach is typically one of those guys, no matter – where the team is, they're almost always good for six to eight wins. Like you said, they're always going to lose a game they shouldn't lose, and they're always going to win a game they shouldn't win. Um, so it's it's just tough to know. Is that defense going to be able to take that next step and push them up into the top half of the SEC West? I don't know. Um, I, I, I've noticed some other sources have them really high this year, though, so it wouldn't surprise me if they're that team in the West that, that everyone kind of sleeps on it, and they end up doing a little bit better in the standings than expected. Mm-hmm. And, and right below them, you got South Carolina at six. You know, that's, again, that's a tough number, but it's, man, you just look at their schedule and they got to play Clemson out of the, the non-conference. That is, that's always uh, a, a wrench in their schedule. Uh, and the, the East, you know, we, we all assume Georgia's going to dominate, but beyond that, I mean, you could convince me South Carolina's the second best team. You could convince me they're the fifth best team. How difficult was it to, to peg South Carolina at that, uh, that six win total? Yeah, I struggled with South Carolina too, because that's another team between, you know, a lot of the talent that Beamer's bringing in and then Rattler coming in, you have to pretty much throw out their number from the end of last year. So I gave them probably the biggest bump from the end of last season of anyone in the SEC. And, you know, like you said, their schedule is just so tough with, they got Clemson on the road and then they draw Arkansas and A&M from the West. Uh, and then, you know, even Georgia State playing that game, that's not a that's not a gimme non-conference game. So their win total is only six, but their power rating is, is much, much higher than we've seen in the last couple of years. So I think that's definitely a team and a program that's trending in the right direction. Yeah, and it's got to give you some satisfaction at the very least, though. I mean, South Carolina fans, they feel like they own Kentucky, yet Kentucky beats them damn near every year, it seems like. So uh, they always chalk that up as a W. That's always a mistake. That's a, that's a complete toss-up. But how about the Auburn Tigers also at six? Obviously a, a rough start to the offseason. But, you know, I look at their schedule. S- certainly they're going to be underdogs, I would think, against Penn State. But should they pull an upset there, who knows? Maybe they could have a magical season. Was, was that difficult to peg at six, or, or are you pretty confident in that number? Yeah, this team, this is one that I think if you had to go through the whole conference and circle a team that looks like a fade, looks like a team that you don't want to back this year, it's probably Auburn. It just looks like there's so many question marks surrounding the program and the coach. And, you know, now I think they lost Bo Nix. They're going to be bringing in a new quarterback. So, so many things for them to sort out. And SEC West is just not the place you want to be, especially right now with 
how good Arkansas is and Mississippi State being better. It's not the place you want to try to figure things out and be in transition. So I don't know if there's a lot to like about Auburn, but that's definitely going to be the one team I think all summer we're going to hear a lot of negative press about, and maybe they'll be eager to stand up and say, hey, we know we're not a five-win team this year. Mm-hmm. And now another team you you kind of stood on the table for a little bit here, the Missouri Tigers, giving them a, a five when last season they, they did win six, but uh, you know lost their quarterback, lost their defensive coordinator. It's going to take an upset or two for them to get back to to a bowl game potentially. What are your thoughts on Missouri? And I, I know your your uh, partner in crime there, he was tossing out four for the Missouri Tigers. Oh, my God. I, I hope we don't lose fans just by, by revealing that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No way. I, I couldn't use four. No, their their schedule is is really interesting. I mean, they got the four games that I would I would be stunned if they lost any of the four that they're favored in. And then the other games, they, I mean, they don't really figure out much of a chance in any of them. So you have to figure they're good for one, you know, one other win somewhere. But I, to be honest, this was probably the easiest win total to make um, just because the schedule is so cut and dry. And you can see, you know, where the wins are going to come, where the losses are going to come. Uh, but, you know, yeah, Missouri is going to need to really take a, a step up in the power ratings if, if they want to pull off an upset or two and have a shot at bowl eligibility. Because right now, other than those four games, uh, South Carolina and Kentucky at, at minor at plus seven and plus nine are the only two games I have in single digits for them. Mm-hmm. And last Vanderbilt, you know, I've noticed on the, uh, the, the win bet app that the, the numbers already changed, but you guys initially put it out, I believe at, at one and a half on your show on Tuesday. And according to the app right now, it's been bumped up to two. Uh, you know, there's such a tricky team because they lose guys left and right, still don't know what to make of the coaching staff. Hell, they lost to a FCS team last year, but they they played strong, nearly beat South Carolina on the road. Uh, th- thoughts on that Vanderbilt, and, and I assume you guys have already starting to see some action on the over. Yeah, this one didn't get quite as much fanfare as the Arkansas one, but this was the other one we probably made a mistake on. Um, so we put up over one and a half, and we put up over with heavy juice, and they very quickly bet that. So after I think the second bet, I just said, you know what, let's go ahead and go to two because if this is supposed to be two and a half or three, I don't, you know, want to take a ton of money at one and a half. But, uh, you know, Vandy's really tough because I've got them so far below everyone else in the conference. You don't know exactly where they should fall. And, um, you know, it's pretty safe to assume they're probably going to go winless in conference play, just looking at some of the projected spreads. But it really comes down to, you know, what they can do in that first game against Hawaii. And then I think to some degree how good Northern Illinois ends up being because that's another game that looks more winnable on paper than it probably is based on the numbers because Northern Illinois ended up winning the MAC last year. Mm-hmm. Now, I know you said Alabama, you know, double-digit favorite in, in basically every game, but do you have a hypo- hypothetical point spread for them facing uh, Texas A&M at home? Texas A&M. Yeah, they. I think they've they've got Texas A. Yeah, in Tuscaloosa this year. I have a uh, Alabama laying eleven in that game. Okay. Um, so yeah, I think pretty similar. Usually when when A and M goes into Tuscaloosa, they're catching you know somewhere between ten and fourteen points. Mm-hmm. And, and one other game that, uh, man, I cannot mention one of these teams without the other fan base jumping in. But Florida, Georgia, of course, in Jacksonville. Do you have a, a, a hypothetical line? for uh, the world's largest outdoor cocktail party. Now this sounds really high right now, but I've got 16 as mm. a line. So, um, you know, I, I think if you, if you told me to bet that right now, I'd take Florida and hope that they end up being a lot better than I expect. But 
uh, definitely doesn't figure to be the most competitive cocktail party with Florida having so many changes this year. Mm-hmm. And, and then last thing for you, man, I know this is, this might be a little off the wall, but you know, everybody's going to be picking Alabama to win the West and Georgia to win the East. So that's a little bit boring, but let's just, let's just say something, something wild happens and there's a, maybe a dark horse for each division. Uh, I'm wondering if you're going to go chalk or not, but if, if someone wins the West, that's not Alabama, who will that be? I think someone, it, it pretty much has to be A&M. You know, I, I, it's so tough in the West to, to think of a team that could knock off Alabama and win the rest of their games to get to the point where they could actually win the division. But A&M is the only team where the schedule sets up that if the same thing happened as last year where they knocked off Bama, they would be in control. And I think they could maybe run the table and only lose one other game and, and get in in the West. So I don't know if that's really a sleeper. But uh, in the East, I got this team for you. They're coming off a 10-win season. <laughs> They got a quarterback coming back, great coach. They got Georgia at home. I think the Kentucky Wildcats, I mean, they got to be the sleeper this year. Like, everyone's up on Tennessee. I don't know. I don't know. Maybe it's wishful thinking, but. I and they get, uh, they get Georgia at home. I mean, it does really set up well for the Kentucky Wildcats. And you're right. I mean, this may be the best Mark Stoops Kentucky team ever, and, and yet they'll be picked third or fourth at media days. I mean, they, they just they love the disrespect card. And it, it just sets up for a dream season there in Lexington. And I, th- I think you might be dead on on that one. Yeah, I hope you're right. It's like you said, it's going to come down to that Tennessee game. And, and I guess we got Florida early on on the road. So we're going to find out if the Cats are legit this year. Well, I cannot thank you enough. Matt Lindemann, give him a follow. I love his handle too. The Lind Train up there, the senior lead trader for the WinBet Sportsbook. I cannot thank you enough for this content. Matt, I, I really appreciate you. Yeah, Mike, thanks for having me. Let's do it again soon. All right, so just want to say thanks again to Matt for joining the show. Really unique insight. I love talking to these guys based out of Las Vegas that run that work at these Vegas sports books because they have unique insight that uh you know hey we love the south obviously this is uh this is where our teams are from this is where we all live most of you that listen to this show I've seen the numbers of course we got fans all across the country but these guys in the desert got themselves a unique insight into the game that uh really affect uh more and more the sports world, the SEC world with these betting lines, with these overs and unders. So I just thought you guys would appreciate the guy who set these lines himself. Get him a little insight. And if you missed it, this week Shane and I broke down the SEC East lines in detail. And I believe it was two weeks ago, the SEC West. So go and check those out. And be on the lookout next week for a very, very special show. And hey, I almost forgot. I'm actually recording this on a couple days in advance so we got some spring games here by the time this one's airs florida spring game has already been played and then of course on on saturday we'll have alabama arkansas georgia mississippi state south carolina and vanderbilt closing out the spring so we got a ton of football action that to recap next week on the show be on the lookout for that but as always really appreciate each and every one of you. This is uh, set to be our biggest month ever during the off season and the best is yet to come. We truly do appreciate each and every one of you for sticking with us throughout the off season, heading into what's going to be the best season of SEC football and the best season of that SEC football podcast. But that's going to do it on this episode 
We'll catch you on the next one.